Speak softly loud and hold me warm against your Welcome, everybody. Another broadcast of Hollywood Godfather podcast. And we have t- two Piccarellis with us today. First, we'll introduce the father, the senior, my co-writer and friend, fortunately. Pat, how are you, sir? How's everybody? Do very well. Why don't you introduce your son? We got a new millennium with us. <laughs> we do. Uh, I am uh, proud to say that uh, Alex has agreed to uh, co-host the show. Uh, Alex is my older son. He's uh, 27. And uh, he will add uh, a hell of a lot to the show, uh, and as, as you will see. Alex, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Glad to be on board. Can't wait to see what we do. Yeah, I mean, especially with your background, it's so apropos now because he's joining us in April. I've met Alex a few years ago, but um, unbeknownst to me, he was a rapper, a very successful rapper. And uh, our album, Rapology, is now dropping officially April 21st on all, what do they call it? Mediums? What is it, Alex? Platforms. Yeah. What is it? I'm talking to Alex, Pat. What? <laughs> <laughs> He's right, too. All platforms. All platforms. There you go. All right. Great. Well, welcome aboard. Thank you. And uh, we're going to dive into uh, was the Academy Awards first. Well, let's uh, let's talk, talk about the album a bit. Uh, I would love it. Please. Yeah, seeing as how we, uh, we have somebody here that uh, could be a target for our uh, our album, the age group. And Alex uh, performed as uh, Trippy Pick. I love that name. Uh, uh, when, when when he was uh, he was rapping back in the day, he knows yeah. the topic. So anyway, yeah. Alex, uh, tell us what I had a I had a very I had a very short career uh, in the rap rap game, but it was uh, enjoyable. And uh, I do uh, obviously that's what I listen to: hip hop, rap, R and B, that kind of stuff. This album is uh, kind of something new. Uh, there's been a few artists that have tried to do this in the past, but uh, I love the idea of the storytelling introduced into the rap. Uh, it's each chapter of the book broken down into each song. So it's a new concept, and everyone I've shown it to has loved it. Uh, the two uh, artists that they have on the album, the producer and the uh, rapper himself, they sound great. Um, I recommend it to everybody. Joel Ortiz is, a, I didn't realize, a recognized rapper, and he yeah. contributed to Hamilton, the play. That's what he was telling me. That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, so we have an interest that we'll let our audience know from that producer, who's so so yeah. hot right now, but he asked me, and because uh, we, we gave him a 90-day free look, and uh, he said, could you wait two years because I have that much on my agenda? I says, you don't ask an 80-year-old man to wait two years. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited that even the first few tracks that you listened to, Alex, your father said you were impressed with it. Because I know nothing oh, about rap. That, that storytelling rap is just such a cool concept to me. I've listened to a couple artists that did it in the past, but kind of based on fake stories. Right. This is based on real life, so it's just really cool to see. 
Well, I have, I have very close friends, you know, uh, Donnie Wahlberg and uh, LL Cool J and all these guys. Now, now they're all saying to me, why don't you tell me I would have did it? <laughs> oh, man. Well, that, that's for the next album, right? Yeah. Well, no, I may just stay with these guys. Well, you can imagine me getting a message from Arsenic, the heat maker, and I'm saying, yeah. what's this guy want to do, burn down my house? <laughs> <laughs> And then once he told me what he wanted to do, I said, all right, I'll come and listen. So I went to the studio, and they played the first track. And I'll tell you the truth. I'll be honest, and I'll tell the, the audience. I cried. When he started talking about me in the hospital. I was blown away, honestly. And the production, the production quality is insane. Yeah, that, that's, that's uh, Arsenic. He's a, a multi-platinum producer for Sony. So I, I got the right team. Before this, and I was really impressed you were able to hold these guys down. They did a great job. Yeah. Well, the one thing I, I, I specified, because of our audience even here and, and the generations that I've hit, like three now going into four, because the Godfather being 50 years old, I didn't want all that, you know, cursing and all that. That's all, and, and that's a couple of guys that listen to it that are pros. They said, this is amazing, man. This is really amazing. Impressive. That's an impressive feat not many can accomplish. Yeah. Hello. Especially okay, Everybody Brock. wants to be a gangster. Yeah, right. No, but, uh, well, they have a real gangster. Or, or was, or they think I was a gangster anyway, but I, I, mean, I did a lot of things that gangsters did. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, uh, never took the accolades of being one. <laughs> and your father never had to arrest me while I was on the, on the beat either. So. Hey, hey, man, I uh, tried. <laughs> you, you were just too slippery, man. Yeah. Well, well, it's uh, we'll we'll going to keep you up to date weekly on this album because we have so much going on, and Pat have a, and I have another book coming out in September, which we're really excited about. The porn. I mean, we got so much going on, and uh, we're going to get into the Academy Awards. And I don't know, Alex, if your father shared this with you, but Patrick Washburger who won the Oscar for CODA for Best Picture the other night, has taken on our project as executive producer for Lionsgate Film. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I, I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, he forgot to, <laughs> he forgot to mention that small thing. There's yeah, so did. much stuff going on, you know. Yeah, right. It's hard to keep up. No, tell me about it. And, and Patrick, is, it's, it's ironic. His father and mother, I were very close friends to, and I, I, my second film after The Godfather was Le Chateau Mont, The Punishment. And it was with Karen Schubert, which I was in love with at the time. I was like 29 years of age. And he sent his son, which Patrick will come on the show and talk about it. His son was out, uh, in, in Rome visiting his parents. They lived in Rome, Nice. And, and uh, his father owned all the theaters in Paris. He distributed all the films in Paris. He was a major guy for any, any film company, even in, in, in the United States, because they always wanted foreign distribution. That's how we got involved in the film. But now the son is the head of Lionsgate, and our best fortune, he won the Oscar for CODA. <laughs> so here we go again. Yeah, well, Oscar yeah, yeah. Now when he talks, people will definitely listen, if they didn't yeah. before. Yeah. yeah, now they got that Oscar. Yeah, that's it's so huge for us. So with that said, let's get into uh, 
the Oscars, which everybody's been talking about, every national television oh, yeah. show. It's amazing. Well, let, let's take your take on it, Alex, first. I mean, you're the, I've been around the Oscars now for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, what everyone's talking about is that Will Smith slap, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy, yeah, if you ask me. I mean, he, he just uh, resigned from the Oscar, the Academy last night, I, I saw. He will no longer be allowed to vote. Well, but the bottom line is that's another coward cop-out. That's the only yeah. thing he loses is his vote. If he gets yeah. nominated, he still gets an Oscar. He still goes to the shows. Yeah, right. So what did he really yeah, give up? He gave up nothing. In fact, you know, he gave up. Your dues is predicated on your percentage of salary. So now we don't have to pay any dues. He won He won a, he won a <laughs> so he battle. Just, he just saved some money. Yeah, well... He's probably trying to m mitigate the uh, punishment that is coming down the line. So, right. so look, I already uh, resigned. Yeah. Uh, I'm now embarrassed. he's publicly apologized. Yeah. Can we, can we just let this go? But, you know, what I was thinking was, would he have done the same thing if The Rock would have said something about his wife? Yeah. yeah. Not know, the he, other would, Rock. <laughs> would he have gone up on stage and jumped up and slapped The Rock across the face? You know, there's, there's a... Uh, a lot of cowardice here, you know. Yeah, in, in addition, in addition to anger issues and other problems he may have, I mean, if you can't control yourself, knowing your uh, that there are people watching. Granted, not many people, but uh, I understand that 15 million people watch that show, uh, which is way down from pre previous years. How do you, you know? He had time to think about this. He heard the joke. They exchanged words. Uh, then he has to walk across the stage. Yeah, he has to walk 20, bitch, 30 feet. Yeah, and then bitch slaps On camera. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but he was laughing at the joke uh, when it started. <laughs> and he didn't yeah. stop laughing until he looked over to his wife. Oh, that's yeah, a good That's so a good that, note. I didn't even that's catch that. The, that's the uh, internet story that he wouldn't have, if she wasn't there, he wouldn't have done anything because he, he actually found the joke funny. But I think it was a lot of projection from what he's been, him and him and his wife have had a lot of problems last year oh my god yeah. pub, they, so now he's trying public, to be a hero so i think well, he was project projecting onto chris rock wow it, it I, I think it, it turned around and bit him so mm -hmm. we'll see oh, yeah. what well you know it's funny because well after he hit him a guy that big i was i thought he was going down and he was laughing that's why i thought it was a bit his ground because yeah. I, I did a movie years ago called any given sunday and LL Cool J was in character as a football player on the same team as Jamie Foxx, who was the quarterback. And Jamie Foxx, I mean, LL Cool J kept telling Jamie Foxx, calm down, calm down. And, and, and Jamie Foxx was nut, nuts on that set. Everybody was on that set. Well, LL Cool J got so mad, he cold cocked Jamie Foxx with a football helmet on and knocked him out. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked him out. We we thought we lost the star of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, as big as he was, I thought, how come Chris didn't fall down? That's why I thought it was a joke. You know, I, I tell you, looking at that slap, I mean, it, it was epic. He wound up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went form. back on, on one of his legs and wound up and slapped him really hard. Well, like you said, I'm surprised there. he didn't go down. I know. 
I especially thought it was an act since Will then won the award for best actor like five minutes later. Yeah, hello. Well, that's what everybody was expecting. You know, he would come on later and say, uh, you know, early April Fool, it was a nice yeah, day. Right? Yeah, right. But unfortunately, that wasn't the truth. So no. He should have did that. Not a, not, that would have been a great comeback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, great recovery. <laughs> oh my God, what did I do? Everyone, everyone would have thought it was a joke besides Chris. Yeah. All right, so uh, what else are we going to talk about? <laughs> Let's talk about the 50th anniversary of The Godfather. Yeah, hello. That's uh, amazing to me. I, I, I remember when I, I got the, the part, and which is funny because there's a show coming out on CBS and Paramount Plus, April 29th, called The Offer. And now there's a character, Johnny Russo, in television being played. We had the kid on the show. And um, I've never been a character in a movie before. So now my, my accolades, are, I'm even a character in a TV show. I wish it wasn't this one because they have it all wrong. Yeah. And they do not they do not give the credit to the guy who really gave me the part in the movie. Which is Joe Colombo. Which that's why I was and now to add insult to injury, James Patterson's book, Defense Lawyer, is a bestseller. And if you read that book on page seventy and seventy one, it states Joe Colombo with Bobby Evans, Stanley Jaffe. Al Ruddy, all the top executives, he basically told them Johnny Russo was playing Carlo. I never acted before in my life, never did anything. He told them that, and they all looked at each other. They said, okay, that's how I got the part. I mean, that's how I got it. Well, he basically, basically told them, if the kid doesn't get the part, there's not going to be a movie. Yeah, well, they, that's <laughs> was my deal. But yeah. that's, that's funny in itself. And you know we're going to have run with that as soon as that show drops. You know, I'll be on every television show there is. <laughs> well, I tell you, talking about every television show, you sent me your schedule this week. And, I mean, I got tired just reading it. All, all, all the interviews you did. How many interviews did you do since I spoke to you last? Oh, my God. Three days ago. Fifty-seven. God. <laughs> from, from every, I mean, think about it. In Geneva, London. Australia. I've been getting up and sitting in front of this computer. All I was doing Australia Today show on Sunday night at eight thirty for the morning <laughs> show there. <laughs> for the morning, <laughs> that must be weird. How do you even know who you're talking to half the time? You have to have yeah. a list in front of you. Well, that's why I get that schedule. See how they sent it, Pat? It's so easy. Yeah, everybody's yeah. name is on it, and then they have somebody monitoring it with me in my earbud. Okay, now next is coming up after the break. So they make it pretty easy. But I have uh, another 32 to do this week. But I love it. Your life interviewing. Well, you know what's good about it for me? Because I, I got La Cosa Mia by Gianni actually going out now. Everything's been solved with all the deliveries on my clothing line. My food line... Corleone Fine Italian has been up and selling like mad now because we have all these gift boxes and we're doing, we're promoting watching The Godfather while eating The Godfather's food. We got Clemenza's <laughs> meat sauce in the jar. <laughs> so it's, Perfect. It's, it's, how, about that, how about the scotch? That's new, right? 
Oh my God! Yeah, the Scotch comes out June first in the in the uh, anniversary bottle, and uh, I just talked to the distillery in in Switzerland. We have three hundred thousand bottles in cases already. Wow! So I I calculated that the other day. We're selling it uh, wholesale for thirty dollars. So it's another nine million dollars. I can't believe this. Well, just this is going to be this is going to be very easy for you, John, because now you only have to spell uh, Piccarelli twice uh, on on the checks for me and Alex. <laughs> yeah, that goes. A lot of practice. Uh, uh, what's what's the what's the exact name of the Scotch? Godfather Scotch, fiftieth anniversary. Okay. Just it's so got the puppeteer knows on it. The bottle is yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's and then we have a, that's the retail one. That's the uh, wholesale one. That's uh, it'd be in the store. I think for forty nine dollars, which is a collector's item. Yeah. And we're going to do that for three years now because then we had Godfather two fiftieth anniversary. Then we got Godfather three fiftieth anniversary. Paramount, I think, is a little pissed that they sold me this license because they never they never <laughs> thought I'd capitalize on it. Never stops this. giving. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, they were selling T-shirts and ashtrays until they asked for the license. Now you're, now you're taking advantage of it. Well, not only that, I'm 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 expanding my food to 36 brands this year, so, and that's in 73 countries. So it's well, like, Jay. So uh, everybody is aware you bought this license back in the day, right? Yeah, I bought the license a while ago, and uh, they said, "What do you know?" about the, the food business. I said, well, I, I eat, and I'm, I own a lot of restaurants. I said, but I know the brand. And it's not just me, though. Jeffrey Dash and my my team, we've been doing, well, Jeffrey and I have been partners over 20 years. But, and I was making sauce under my own name and my own wines from my, my, my vineyards in Italy. And then we had a meeting and said, you know, imagine if we can get the Godfather name. So we went to Paramount, and uh, how we got it, I don't mind telling you, is that we, we put our money where our mouth was and said, this is what we'll guarantee you a year, and we paid them $2 million in advance against their royalties, and if we don't do it, you can keep it. So how could they not, how could they not give us the deal? Yeah. So. Well, it, it sounds like at the best end of that deal anyway. What's that? You got the best end of that deal anyway. Oh, now, yeah. Imagine if I couldn't sell it. I would have been out well, too many. $2 million sounds like a lot down the road. Oh, yeah, not now. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. And, and what's interesting, the Godfather, because I, I get reports on everything, fortunately, because we uh, MJ Licensing, the our licensing company, that's based out of um, Delaware, is the holder of the license. And I, I moved... Uh, my, you know, this, this is very complicated because... When you have this, that many mothers to your children, you make it complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, Alex, if you aren't aware of it, Johnny doesn't date. He just gets married. Well, I got married three times. But, okay. uh, you know, I have, I have, it's like a ball game. Three strikes, you're yes. out. And then <laughs> that's it. The other seven now? just had kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's been a great run. Thank God. And I, I went to see, did any of you two see the film on the big screen? Did you go to the oh, theater? Well, well, 
not not the, the recent re-release, but of course when it first came out, I, I, I must have waited online for two hours, but I got to see it. I mean, the lines were unbelievable when that picture opened. When it first came out, Alex? Too young to see it. When it first came out in the theater, we I thought they were nuts. They were going to run it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they wow. did. Even 6 they o'clock did. in the morning, there were lines outside. People couldn't yeah. believe it. I think they've only okay. done that with, with like a handful of movies. We know, well, I don't think I they waited. did it with any movie. 24 Maybe, hours. No, they, they, yeah, they, they've never done that before. Uh, and I, I, I don't think they've ever done it since. They haven't. Well, well, I know the last Harry Potter movie they did it with, but that's about it. That's Was it 24 that. hours, yeah. seven days a week? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I believe so. Just, just for the uh, first week release, but that, that's incredible. I mean, you're next to Harry Potter. Like, yeah, hello. No, that was a theater <laughs> because I worked in the precinct, the 23rd precinct. And I got off of uh, uh, work at 8 in the morning. What do you do at 8 in the morning? You go to the movies. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to see this picture really bad. I turned the corner on 86th Street, and there's a line from 3rd to Lexington Avenue. Wow. At 8 o'clock in the morning. No, it was crazy. Amazing. Thank God. Well, and we just renewed, Paramount just renewed all the licenses with AMC, all them, for another 10 years. So it ain't going away. Well, The Godfather's on every week, literally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going well, to, I'm promoting uh, these uh, dinner parties, though, with our food, which I think is cool. And, and come yeah. dressed as your favorite character. <laughs> Like you're in the movie. The uh, yeah. uh, TV coverage or, or the, the, the spots on some of the uh, morning shows about the 50th anniversary, how they covered it. Did you see any, Gianni? Oh, yeah, I saw some of them, yeah. They, I, did, some... I thought they would do a better job. Well, did you see Sunday morning? Oh, I saw that. That was good. That was good. I mean, uh, because they had the time. That, that went on for at least 10 minutes. And for a, uh, uh, a TV spot, 10 minutes is an eternity. Right. I mean, usually it's a minute, two minutes. Uh, but, uh, you know, you and I and anybody else who's a fan of the, sh of the, of the film, we didn't learn anything new. I mean, we just, you know, just saw the actors as they look now. Some of them, I think the only two people they really interviewed was uh, Pacino and De Niro. Oh, and uh, uh, Jimmy Kahn. And, and Taya, my, my ex-wife was there, Taya. Oh, oh yeah, Taya Shire. Yeah, she was there. I'll uh, tell you a Jimmy funny story about Taya. I saw Sly Stallone in Beverly Hills soon after he did Rocky with her. So I, I walked up to him. I said, Sly, why'd you marry my wife? So what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, you married my wife. He said, are you crazy? What wife? What I, who did I marry? I said, Adrian. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you, you don't do a bad Stallone, man. That was good. Yeah. No, but I'm funny. Stallone. I mean... I, I I thought for a minute maybe he did get hit too much in Rocky. <laughs> he sounded like Jake LaMotta. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, I, I was shocked to see Jimmy, though. Jimmy, not, not feeling too good, man. Well, I tell you, out of everybody that they interviewed walking around and doing their thing, uh, 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 Jimmy Kahn remained in a seating position. Yeah. He didn't get up. No, he's. I heard he's in a wheelchair. I don't know how true that is. But even on the Oscars, why did Francis come walking out with Pacino and De Niro and they said nothing? They just stood there. They stood there. I mean, yeah. I'm flying in to, from New York to walk out with you, <laughs> and I say nothing? Yeah. No, I, I, everybody you know, commented on that. They just stood in the corner, 
Yeah. I did the same damn thing. It's, I mean, I, I mean, I think that was an insult to them. And, the, you know, the, just how many movies have they made? More so than, I mean, yes, he didn't produce The Godfather, but I, I even called Bobby. I called Bobby that night, actually. But uh, how do you do that to this guy? Even Pacino. I mean, when we did Any Given Sunday, Pacino and I got really close, and we still are. But these are two major, major actors who got tremendous accolades, and this is, this, you know, the Oscars, and they've owned a couple of them. <laughs> How do you not let them say something? Well, they didn't give much uh, screen time uh, or TV time to the anniversary thing anyway, but perhaps they're thinking, well, these are the only two people that either, either – you know, wanted to show up. I'm sure they asked other people that didn't want to show. But th thinking about it, De Niro wasn't in The Godfather. First, yes, he was. In what position, Jimmy? What, I, what? Are you kidding? He was young Corleone. Godfather one. I mean, he's a huge two, rather. Two, well, yeah, he was in two. Yeah, yeah, but no, the they were they were honoring the trilogy. Okay, I thought they were just honoring one. Well, they were supposed anyway. to. I didn't. I, I was like you're saying. I was yeah. confused. I said, "What is he doing up there? He had nothing to do with it." Yeah. But I, I thought Francis would have definitely dragged his sister up there, Taya, because you know she had she went through all three of them. Well, there's a reason why she wasn't there, and I can imagine the only reason would be she didn't want to be there. Let me just tell you something. Knowing Taya the way I do, when she opens yeah. the refrigerator, she does three minutes when the light goes on. <laughs> How do you well, not want to be the... at the Oscars? <laughs> well, so what's the reason, do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. I can't figure it out. I mean, if they imagine if they called me and said, do you want to go to the Oscars? I'd, I'd, be, I'd be there two days before. Yeah. Why not? That's all the, 15 million people, like you pointed out, see you one more time. Well... I don't know. And I also uh, uh, watched uh, uh, a few other uh, bits that, uh, you know, celebrities or shows did on on the 50th anniversary. And they were all the same. But Michael Franzese did uh, did a 20 minute uh, YouTube uh, podcast on the show. And but he was it was aimed at people, I thought, who never saw the movie before. And I don't think there's anybody on the planet that falls into that category. You know, he just, he, he, what he did, he did very well, but he just explained uh, who the, uh, who the uh, uh, characters in the movie were uh, modeled after, things that everybody knows anyway, you know, uh, but that was, that was his thing. Well, Michael's a very astute guy. Yeah, smart guy. And, I mean, and that's what, I mean, he should have stayed in, in, in college and not manipulated the gas taxes and he'd have a great career. I mean, I, like so many other sons of made guys. I knew his father, Sonny, very well. And Michael said he met me and I tried to do the math because he actually requested me to go on his show through some friends of mine. And I said, I have nothing in common with him. He said, well, he knows you. I said, how does he know me? Mm. He said, well, and see, and only you know, Pat, my life. I left New York when I was 17, 18 years old. <laughs> Yeah, you went to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So he would have been twelve. He would have been twelve or thirteen in Brooklyn. When? What? What? Nineteen-year-old hangs out with a twelve-year-old? I, I don't know Whatever. this guy. <laughs> what, what you're saying is that you had, what you're saying is that you had no common ground. 
I had nothing to do with the guy. I, I found out about him later on when he got arrested. And I, I can't believe they made him. Well, the Colombo family made him because he earned money. You know, as you know, it's not like years ago you had to earn your bones and kill somebody. And when you earn money, like Paul Castellano was a big earner for the Gambino family. He was a legitimate guy. And that's why John Gotti got so crazy. Because O'Neill, who was the underboss, should have been the boss once he left. And he stepped over him and gave it to his cousin, Paul Castellano, who was a legitimate poultry guy, millionaire, maybe even a billionaire by that time. And, Western uh, Beef still exists. What's that? His business is still around. Oh, yeah. All his companies are. Western Huge. Beef, all that's still there. Uh, but uh, Michael... Franzese was a huge earner, huge. He had so much, they were sharing it with the other families. Oh, I know. Well, they had to, because when they want to go into their boroughs, that was very smart on his end. For those of you who who, uh, aren't aware, what what he was doing was buying up gas stations, legitimately, uh, giving people the the, the proverbial, I'll make you an offer you can't refuse, he was paying them more than the gas stations were worth. Anyway, he was skimming the gas tax. And if you ever look at the uh, at the gas pump when you buy gas, the gas isn't that expensive. It's the taxes. And he was collecting the taxes. When, when you buy gas, you're paying taxes too. He just wasn't paying the feds, and he was making tens of millions of dollars. He was a phenomenal owner. He deserved to get made. I don't care whose son he was. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, when you have an operation that huge, uh, and you don't walk away from it, eventually they catch up to you. He, he, I think he did 10 years. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was going to say, I wouldn't think you could get away with that for very long. You can't. There's too many people involved. Uh, but, you know, the uh, he was getting letters from, from the feds. Uh, perhaps we crossed in the mails. We didn't get your check. And this stuff goes on for <laughs> years because you're uh, dealing with the government. And the wheels grind very slowly. So when he was this? Everything is worth it. I don't blame him. Uh, but there's got to be, a, you know, some kind of price to pay eventually. And, uh, he paid it, but uh, to, to his credit, he, the man turned his life around. I mean, he's, he, he came out and he left and he's doing all kinds of things, legitimate things. Well, he's doing a podcast now. But I, I think why he is trying to jump on so many different bandwagons, because as you know, Pat, we do a show every week. We got 160 hours up. But yeah. if we didn't have the network of people... And because we're legitimate, who does Michael call up <laughs> and say, come on my show? <laughs> well, he, he has a hard time doing that. Uh, <clears throat> he gets, he, most of the people he gets are, are uh, celebrities. He had Mike Tyson up there. He had, he had Jimmy Kahn, you know. Uh, well, Jimmy Kahn, um, Jimmy Kahn thinks he's Sonny Corleone, so he'll go on everybody's <laughs> show. But he isn't, and he's an actor, so I mean, uh, I, I would imagine that Michael Francis couldn't get anybody from uh, uh, from that world on his show. Uh, at least, I, I mean, I, I, I watched occasionally. Maybe I listened to, I watched probably a half a dozen, maybe a dozen shows. I, I haven't seen a wise guy on it yet, but that's not saying he didn't have anybody that I just didn't see. Right, right. So, no, but anyway. He, I, uh, Sammy the Bull, I can't believe Sammy the Bull has a podcast. Now, here's a guy that said he killed 23 people. Then they put him in the witness protection program for testifying against John Gotti. 
They move him to Arizona under a fictitious name, and his whole family gets into the ecstasy business, and his kids are selling ecstasy in the high schools, and the feds didn't go after them. The state of Arizona put them all in jail, and now he has a podcast. What are you kidding me for? <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say, Gianni, you know, who doesn't have a podcast? My cat yeah. has a podcast. I, mean, I know, but I mean, how how are they crediting a killer and a drug dealer? Because it it attracts listeners. Everybody wants to hear what he has to say. Well, I've never listened these days. No, we know why they want to. I'm wondering why anybody's listening. In. I would. Well, I don't know how many listeners he has, uh, but he's got to be doing pretty well. He's uh, making uh, money on it. He's he's got a lot of uh, ten thousand a week. We know that number. Well, I saw his interview with the Patrick Bet David, uh, and I tell you, he's uh, he's he's pretty glib. I mean, uh, he's sharp. He's a sharp guy, and he just talks. I mean, who else can he hurt? You know, I mean, he just talks. He, he he's very honest about his life, or what we consider to be honest. He says what, what a bad guy he was, how he took the heat for his family, which he did. He, he did over twenty years. Uh, as after being in the witness protection program, he had a successful restaurant in Arizona, doing very well. But he's the type of guy, and Johnny, you must uh, know these type of people going through life. They've got to be gangsters. They've got to be. That's all they know. You know, that's that's all they know. That's that's <clears throat> that's where they feel alive. And even though he had a, a, a legitimate business, he decided to go into the ecstasy business with some Israeli, which is m- most of where uh, ecstasy is, is produced. At least it used to be was produced in Israel. But, uh, you know, to his credit, he, he took the heat for his family. He did his time. And, uh, you know, he's in his upper 70s now. I think he's 78 years old and uh, looks every day. But, I mean, prison must be tough. <laughs> uh, some guys and, do uh, well in prison. Some don't. <laughs> well, Thank still, God I never still, had to go. <laughs> it's, it's still a stressful uh, uh, environment. You know, somebody once told me, you, get, you ever hear that saying, you know, they're talking about life. And, uh, and and how things uh, always can happen for the best. There's a saying that says, when a, when a door closes, another one opens. You've heard that before. Well, of course. Okay. I asked the guy once, uh, we were having the same conversation. I said, and he he, he, he did some time, you know, and we're talking about what, what he's going to be doing now. And I, I fell back on that. I said, well, you know, the old saying, when uh, one door closes, another one opens. You know what that means? He says, yeah, means you're in prison. <laughs> because they, they have those man traps, you know. <laughs> when one door closes, it's a great analogy, an analogy, <laughs> though. And he's right, you know. He was right. You know the funniest thing you mentioned, Patrick Bed David, who was very good for us as our book. Great friend. I mean, of the show. he he did a two and a half hour interview, Alex, when our book first came out. Got his millions and millions of followers. So I just went and did his show again because of the 50th anniversary. And I asked him off camera, I said, why are you promoting Sammy the Bull? He's producing it. Uh, His network is producing it because they got that kind of money coming in. That, That many people want to see and listen to Sammy the Bull. Who's the most famous gangster out there that's willing to talk about his life? Sammy the Bull. Right now, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, uh, it's a strange world out there. Well, I, I, 
I, I told you about that. I, I, I was offered to do the uh, 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 Persico's uh, biography last year. I told you this, right? No. Okay. I, I was approached by our agent, uh, Frank Wyman, uh, that... Uh, Is he still our agent? Is he awake? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I fire a shot in the air every now and then. He responds. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, uh, Persico uh, did most of his life in, 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 in prison. His name is Carmine. They call him the snake. His nickname he was did the most snake. Of his life in, prison, in and out. Anyway, he decides that he, he's 103 years old. It's last year. Or maybe a little over that. 103 years old. He wants everybody to know his story. No, that's you, you, you're mixing them up. Who was 103 was Sonny Francesi. Now, Junior was never that old. Junior's 10 oh, years. Oh, you're yeah, right, 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 right. Anyway, he's old anyway. How do I know that? But, uh, he, wants, he, he wants his story told, and uh, but he doesn't want to tell anything about his gangster life. <laughs> What's what life do you have? Clean it. No, what are you talking about? You know, going to a ball game, reading a good book. Uh, talked about his family. Uh, you know, I said this isn't going to work. I said you, you got to dish the dirt. Wouldn't do it. Oh, so you? That's right. You you're talking to the you talk, spoke. No, he died. You know, he died a week before our book came out. I, I know. Yeah, he, he couldn't handle it. He was in it. He heard about it and just. No, but I'm, no, I, I'm glad he, I mean, I, I know, I know of his kids and all of that. So, I mean, I, I can only imagine him and his son were doing the same amount of time, I think. Yeah. 15, uh, 20 Boyd, years. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I knew Ali Boyd uh, personally. He, he, I, I told you the old story. Oh, yeah. I love that story. He played my job. Yeah. Don't tell anybody you left a gun somewhere. Yeah. Who, yeah, who would have figured? <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Do you hear that story, Alex, about your dad? I don't think so. Oh, this is a yeah, funny I, story. I don't talk much Tell about our it. audience the story. <laughs> Twenty-five words or less. Uh, I, I was a uh, young cop in a bar on the east side. It was a mob hangout, and you know, mobs, cops. That's who hung out there. It was yeah. called Beef East. It was right by the uh, Manhattan end of the Midtown Tunnel. And uh, uh, it odd for me, but I had a couple of drinks, and I, I, I was feeling it. Ooh. And uh, you know, in and out of bathroom, and whatever I have to do. And anyway, it's about two o'clock, and I figured. I'm just sober enough to drive, and if I get stopped, maybe I won't get arrested. So anyway, I go to the Midtown Tunnel. I was living in Queens. I go home, and <clears> I'm <throat> taking off my coat, and I reach for my gun, and it's not there. You know what went through my mind? I mean, my heart dropped to parts of my body we can't talk about, and I thought, <laughs> I, am, I am screwed. At that point, my phone rings. There was no cell phones back then. Uh, there was this woman I was going out with, uh, not sure she had my home number, but, uh, I, 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 uh, I pick up the phone. I can barely talk and it's Alley boy, Persico. And I didn't, you know, I was introduced to him, but I didn't really know the guy. He said, you know who this is? <laughs> That's how they will start these conversations. You know who this is, but I knew who it was because I heard his voice that night. I said, yeah. And meanwhile, I don't want to talk to this guy. I mean, I, where's my gun? Yeah. He said, you left something in the bathroom. <laughs> I, Holy shit. I said, I left my gun in the bathroom. He says, well, I got it here for you whenever you want it. And now I'm thinking, I better not leave it there too long. Or otherwise, it's going to be involved in a hit. Well, <laughs> <the> crime, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and left on the scene somewhere. So I, without exaggeration, I got in my car. Lived, those of you who don't know, Jackson Heights, Queens keeping the speed limit 
is about 20, 25 minutes with no traffic. I made it in eight minutes. Wow. I was doing 100 miles an hour down the uh, down the Long Island Expressway, which leads right into the Midtown Tunnel. There's no traffic. I shot right through. I didn't care if anybody stopped me, but nobody did. because I was going to run on them, too. And reached to a halt. I get out there, and I walk into the place. And there's Alley Boy with his finger to, 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 the, to the trigger guard, spinning it like a cowboy. Oh, my. He did me a great favor. Because, oh my God, one, yeah. I would have lost the gun. Cost me five days. Cost every cop five days if you lose your gun or your shield. But to have Alley Boy uh, Persico, who was second in command <laughs> under his father, find the thing. Yeah, I would have had a lot of explaining to do. I met him nice once guy. or twice. A very nice guy. Yeah, I you know after that yeah. I used to go back to the to the to the BFCs to talk to him. Very pleasant guy. Very very soft spoken. But he he was a. He was a tough guy, man. He was crazy. Anyway. Almost Great thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how are we doing on time, Alex? Oh, 11.43. Okay, well. It's time uh, for the mailbag. Let's take a break, mailbag. make some money, and we'll be right back at the mailbag. Because you know how I love to dress. La Cosa Mia will be coming soon. This is just a teaser. Each week, we'll be bringing you more ways to get in touch once their website is up. This line of clothing is from all over the world, and I'm sure you'll want to wear it. Okay, we're back. What do we got in the mail today? I love this part of the show. Yeah, I know. We both love it. The mailbag. The mailbag. All right. A lot of questions in this mailbag. Well, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do about what, what? How much time we got on? We got fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. About fifteen. Okay. Um, so you said you wanted to go to the uh, question about the fiction series. Yeah. Um, do you know exactly which question that is? Yeah, well, the question was. Uh, I understand you guys are doing a fiction series, referring to Gianni and myself. Where are you in that project? So uh, it's it's at the bottom. Anyway, uh, oh, okay. the question. Uh, working on it uh, diligently. Uh, I'm writing it. It's, it's got a uh, uh, a December around Christmas release date, and you'll be hearing more. And once again, this is part of a series uh, that will be many books because Gianni has lived a hell of a life, and a fiction series is just that. It's made up. But as we're going to indicate in our disclaimer for the book this story is entirely fictional except for the parts that are true <laughs> which is, are a lot of true parts so take it for what it's worth and you try to figure out what's true and what's not but the stories uh will be uh will, will be phenomenal I mean, we, we we think you're gonna like it but the, the title of the first book as Johnny said, that the opening of the show is called The Pawn, P-A-W-N, not P-O-R-N. Which most people thought I'd be involved with, porn. <laughs> that's that's next, right? No, 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 never. <laughs> that was, too uh, many, that was got too question. many grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> that was from uh, Jason. Thank you, Jason. All right, next uh this is this is on on topic uh, from Lisa Gianni. What did you do to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary? I'm still celebrating. I'm <laughs> promoting and just doing a lot of interviews. 
Went to a couple of um, screenings, which I'm happy about, and been promoting Corleone Fine Italian Foods because it's such a tie-in right now because if you go on to our website, you see Clemenza's meat sauce in the jar, and if you're familiar with that famous scene with Clemenza teaching young Michael sauce just in case he has to feed 100 people someday when you go to the mattresses. Fortunately, you don't have to have the sauce to go to the mattresses. It's on the shelves in your grocery stores or go online and just order it and it comes to your home and you can watch the movie and eat Clemenza's meat sauce. That's what I'm doing. Clemenza won't be there. He passed away. No, no, he's gone. Yeah. Next. All right, next uh, from Joseph. Gianni, any updates on La Cosa Mia? It's been nearly a year since we first saw photos. Well, because of the pandemic, unfortunately, like Spain closed down, Portugal, all all the countries that were producing our clothes, but now our warehouses are full. They're here on the ground. And if you go to La Cosa Mia by Gianni, by the end of this month, April, you'll be able to order it. So thank you for asking. Oh, this is a good one from Leo. Gianni and Pat, how often do you guys get to see each other in person? You seem to have a great friendship. We I, do. I think we saw each other four times in person <laughs> in our lives. In fact, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, we wrote the book over the phone. Now, we've mentioned this numerous times, but we get you know different listeners at different times. We never met. We just, you know, you, you try to convince somebody, particularly somebody like Gianni, who's a very astute businessman, that we're going to write his entire life over the phone without meeting. And you, you get a little resistance, uh, <laughs> but that didn't, <laughs> that didn't last very long. And uh, obviously the book turned out well. And the first time we met, uh, you had called me and said uh, that you'll be in the, in fact, you were just uh, talking. Yeah, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh next week. I said, Hey, I live an hour from Pittsburgh. He said, you do. Anyway, uh, uh, my, my wife and I went down and then we, in fact, you were here about the, uh, uh, Two months ago for an event, I believe. Uh, the thing in uh, Monroeville. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and once again, Susan and I went down and we, we, we had dinner. But, yeah, it's been about four times. Yeah, that's we've seen but, each other uh, four times. We speak constantly, fortunately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Yeah, I think it was incredible you guys pulled off writing the book just talking over the phone. <laughs> and, and a you bestseller, know, no less. <laughs> you can write a book, it, but it may not be too good. <laughs> if you think about it, it's all about the story. You know, and for you, our you audience can, that don't know who live in a cave, we're talking about a cave. We're talking about <laughs> our best-selling book, Hollywood Godfather, which is still available on Amazon and still to, and in the top 100 sellers. And still selling. And, and, you know, to put that in, into perspective, there's over 6 million books for sale on Amazon, and we're in the top 100. Uh, which is saying something after uh, what is it? Three years, right? This out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know, a little bit more than that, actually. Good. Uh, as as Gianni's was, we could have uh, wrote that thing with uh, uh, two tin cans and a string. Uh, to you know, <laughs> I mean, stories. The story is the story. You know, and yeah, uh, you have a good one there, buddy. And it continues getting better. Thank God. Next question. All right, from Robert. Gianni, is there anything you haven't accomplished in your life that you would still like to? Well, we're approaching it right now. Getting a, a Grammy for a rap album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely a new one right there. Well, that's the goal. There you go. Yeah. 
So that, that that's something I didn't do when I wanted to do. Yeah, long list of accomplishments. You just keep adding to it. Oh, well, you know what? I just thought of another one. Being now, now that we're getting involved with Lionsgate and Patrick Washburger, we want to win an Oscar for our book. We haven't done that yet. On the way. Yeah. <laughs> just do me a favor. Don't say anything bad about Will Smith. Yeah, when we're up, no, no. don't come up and slap me. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would break his arm while it was in the air. <laughs> I don't let anybody touch my face. I'm not tough, but All don't right. hit me in the face. <laughs> okay, so moving on from Joe, your life is a movie perfectly suited for the big screen. Any plans? Also, the spectacular stories are so outlandish. Have you ever been contacted either from current connected mob guys or government agencies? Well, that's a statute of limitation. That's why we wrote the book so later on. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, normally the statute of limitations is uh, is uh, seven years. Uh, we're way beyond that. Yeah. So basically, talk about anything. You know. Any almost any plans to turn your life into a movie? Well, we're doing that. Fortunately, now it's a, yeah, and the yeah. name of the movie is going to be the name of the book, Hollywood Godfather. So it's uh, we're we are really. Progressively moving now with uh, Patrick Rashberger and Lionsgate. And we'll see where that goes. Yep. This is an interesting one right here. This is from Rob. Hey, Mr. Russo, great interview with Patrick. Your life story is amazing. I'm a Russo as well. I'm trying to find out some info on my grandfather. He passed before I was born. He was a dear friend of Frank Costello. He grew up in Little Italy. His name was Frankie Bananas Russo. You were in that circle. Any info would be greatly appreciated. Unfortunately, like most most people who write these kind of letters to me, I get a lot of emails and even on Instagram. If you read our book, you know, I went into Bellevue, got out of there when I was 12, hit the streets, and then Costello put me on the road when I was 17, so nobody could ever find me. I mean, I, I wasn't around until... I made the movie, and they finally found out my name. Most people knew me as the kid. And then uh, my success on the West Coast, I was there for 30 years. <laughs> That's why I like when people say, hey, I haven't seen your neighborhood recently. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you know, uh, besides that, uh, Russo is a common name. I mean, oh, my God, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like uh, uh, people who uh, who ask me when they find out that I was in the NYPD. Hey, did you know my brother Phil? You know, forty eight thousand cops. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally forty eight thousand cops when I was on the job. Now, now there's about thirty five thousand, I believe. Wow. You know what are the odds? You know. That's anyway, crazy. keep asking the question. Eventually, <clears throat> I'll know somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, there's a question here about Steven Seagal. Oh yeah, please. Did you see the recent photo of Steven Seagal with Russian forces in Ukraine? Yes, because uh, I, I, I maybe I even shouldn't say this on the air, but I'm, I'm close to Putin's assistant in New York who runs the Russian embassy, which is not a wow. good place to be either now. I bet. Years ago, where we were still friends, Seagal went over there because there were arrest warrants for him here. And, and not for any good reasons. When they were doing a movie in the South, supposedly he was with some young ladies who were younger than there was underage women, and their parents filed lawsuits against him, and he left the country. And now Putin has him and Snowden living in Siberia. 
Whoa. never to come back again. So <laughs> his career is over, to you say the that. least. Maybe his life even. <laughs> wow, I had no idea. He, oh, you didn't know? Oh, yeah. It's crazy, he also, man. He, he, he also gained the person. The guy's huge. Oh, my God, yeah. He goes up and down, but now he's like a Buddha. Yeah. Which yeah. he thinks he is. <laughs> Yeah, well, they said that that uh, that uh, picture of him in the uh, military garb was an old picture because he was a hell of a lot thinner. You can see it in the picture, uh, and it was either from a film or it was staged. He, he's not anywhere near Ukraine. He's not anywhere. Uh, he doesn't want to leave the country. He leaves the country, somebody's going to grab him. Oh yeah. You know? So he, he's in Russia for the rest of his life. Whoa. Next question. And Snowden, right? I guess this has to be the last question. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Okay, let's see. Let's see. I'll pick a good one. Hmm. Okay, here's a here's a nice one. Gianni and Pat, do you gentlemen have any pets? Are you a dog or cat per cat person? I'm a cat person. Unfortunately, I don't have any cats. Uh, they're all dying on me. Nug uh, didn't turn you into a dog person. Oh yeah, your dog is, is she's just wonderful. In fact, we can't wait for you to go to to uh, Colorado on vacation. Not yeah. that we're not going to miss you. Oh, you watch the dog? Yeah, we watch the dogs. An English bull. He's a great dog. How about you, Johnny? No, I never had dogs. Even I, I never had time to walk. I think commit to a dog is like committing to a kid. At least the kids yeah. grow up and leave the house. The dog keeps staying. <laughs> you you got to walk him every day. You got to feed him every day. I didn't want that obligation. So, no, I have tropical fish. With an automatic feeder. I don't even feed them. <laughs> Much easier. <laughs> all right. Okay, we got to say goodnight. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for the questions. We love the mailbag. And Alex, welcome to the show, man. You're a great asset, and we look forward to having you on. And uh, we'll all be back next week with another new topic. And God bless you all. Stay safe. Tell your friends. We need letters and more fans. We're trying to get to 10,000 views a day. We're almost there. God bless you. Good night, everybody. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid. You can call me. Maybe it's late, but Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you'd like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. I'll be around.